You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Greetings, seasons greetings, seasons greetings. Do, 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 do. That's you're so rocking. <laughs> you're, Rock, you're, you're, you're rocking around in the Radio Free Brooklyn studio. You got way more holiday spirit than I do, dude. I don't know, man. And holidays was... are weird with me. How so? Well, because it's my birthday month too. And so, again, like I've said before, that I just feel like such a selfish prick during the holiday season because all I can think about is my birthday. But this year is like the first year that I'm going to say, nope, I don't care about a birthday. I'm turning one year older. I'm just going to f- focus little on everything equally. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. December is also one of those weird months because it's the end of the year. Yeah, so it's a little bit. It, it's That's something. This it's, cold, it's cold. It's it is cold, but you know these things are expected. Um, my name's Alon. That's Jimmy. Is it? Oh no, you go by so many names. I don't know. I know what's the, what's the what's the name? I guess we, we need to get find a new one for the new year. <laughs> We're gonna go with it this time. Jalon Hamziger has <laughs> has come and gone, and um, I don't know. I gotta. Uh, it's gotta be Showboat something. McGee. <laughs> Dude, where's the rim shot when I need it? We're uh, lost and rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn, bringing this to you every Thursday at 3 p.m. If you want to submit anything to our show so that we can pick your brain and learn about your uh, history and all the tapes that you have in your archive, yes, lostandrewound at gmail.com. Interactivity. You can send in your own clips, and then you'll be selected from among millions literally millions of submissions that we millions, receive millions and you know it's a very very careful selection process um we involve the greatest minds of this century really well yeah but you can make it on the show and make sure you get the submission in because when you're on the show you have your voice heard all over the airwaves if you don't want to have your voice heard but you still want to have your presence felt there are a few ways. Cashways. Cashways. <laughs> Cashways. That should be your new nickname for the twenty six. Yo, Cashways. Cashways. All right, I'm down with that. <laughs> I'll play Cashways. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. One dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars. Any money on money, it really doesn't matter. And you know, the studio could be named after you if you I'm gave you. Uh, enough money to us. But it's all to help us with the ease into the new year. I mean, that's the thing. This station is a public radio station, but we live in a capitalist society. (laughs) And we have to, you know, deal with the realities of the world. Yes. And those realities involve grilled cheese sandwiches and a lot of money. RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash LAR. You will be our sponsor. And not only do you get good feelings from it. You get goodies. Goodies. Swag. Well, you get the goodies for RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. But if you want to be a sponsor and. If you be, sponsor us directly, 
and then email us and tell us you sponsored us, we'll, we will send you goodies. I, I think that's, that's <laughs> we, we, we make goodies happen. That's fair. <laughs> we had a great show for you lined up this week. Let's get started and no delay. Without delay. No delay. Immediately, sir. Cashways. Cashways. New York. If you're not a creatively charged individual who's immersed in the arts, you know at least 10 people who are. Well, I was lucky enough to be raised in a household with one of those 10 people. Sarah, who is a fiercely entrepreneurial artist based in New Orleans. She has been everything from musician to designer to photographer and now videographer. Joining us over the phone, please welcome my sister, Sarah Danziger. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks. This is a, a Radio Free Brooklyn debut. <laughs> to be here. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm so honored to be able to have you here, uh, hanging out with us. It's been a while since the last time we chatted with you. I think this is actually the first time that Jimmy is chatting with you I for Lost so. and Rewound. I think so. Yeah, Maybe. is this the first? Is this the first family member we've had on the show? Uh, well, Sarah was on the show in our former iteration of Lost uh. and Rewound. Uh, in the podcast form. When I was in the wind. When you were somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in the wind. I was on. I was on the lamb. Yes. And we've. Yeah. Uh, but so we've we've had chat, chatted with Sarah in the past about growing up in Woodstock, and I, I'm probably going to forget a lot of the things that we talked about the first time. Although I will say that the last time you did chat with us, you were up to some much different stuff than you're up to now. You had a calendar that you had done the last time. Oh yeah, I was working on the. That big, elaborate, conceptual Wait, calendar uh, project that turned into a calendar. <laughs> Wait, so when I hear that someone's working on a calendar, like if I was to tell someone that I was working on a calendar, what it would mean is that I was posing as a hunky fireman without a shirt. Uh-huh. That would that would be yeah. what it was. <laughs> so what? Yeah, how are you working on this calendar? It was it was actually more like a series of images that I decided to turn into a calendar just as a way to present it to the world. But it was it really had it, the only thing it had to do with the calendar was that it was based on loosely on like queer interpretations of myths from all over the world combined with zodiac. So okay, so it's just it had when they were just somewhat related, and there was twelve of them. Yeah, exactly. It involved so many people in the project that I decided that the way to present it would be in the form of a calendar. And to this day, I go into people's houses and they've got pages pulled out, their favorites on the wall. I like I like calendars a lot, actually. I get asked about it very often. Still, people are like, "You're going to make another one?" And you should. Honestly, that one took so much out of my life. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was a big stretch for me at the time. I had never done anything that Ambitious. elaborate. Yeah. Um, conceptually it always been sort of more kind of just documenting what was on the fly so this was like me trying so hard to be like i can create something out of nothing and it was actually very difficult for me but it pushed me it was really it was a good experience it's made everything since much easier i'm sure how often is that 
in your art where you kind of just have to start from scratch completely as opposed to having something that you can work with. You're just completely creating something organically from nothing. Mm, I basically work that way almost exclusively now. I'll kind of ask for like a jumping off point. So if someone wants to hire me for something, I'll kind of say, oh, you know, like, do you have, you know, a theme or a color or, you know, like a location or just a con, like just a, just a little something for me to kind of like go off of just so I can, so I feel like what I'm creating has something to do with who I'm working with as well, rather than just being like, this is my idea, this is from my vacuum. Because a lot of the time I'm working with people who want me to do something for them that represents them. So for me to come and say, oh, I know how to present you to the world without asking them what their opinions are would be um, limiting to me, in my opinion. So I, I basically what I'm saying is I like to collaborate. It's my favorite way to work, so... No doubt. It helps me to have a, a spot to, to begin that's from who I'm working with. So if you're doing videography now, what type of stuff are you working on currently? When I think of videography, I think like I'm doing the camera work and video, and I'm mostly dabbling in directing these days. It's so cool that you're doing that too because so. it seemed so fluid that you would get into that because you're surrounded by so many musicians. You being a musician yourself, one of the first things you did in your life as an artist was play two instruments, but you've since taken the backseat to that and now work with fellow musicians who need a director for their own work. Yeah, I guess you should clarify that I've been directing music videos. I mean, that was a roundabout way of him like formal, okay? No, he didn't say it. I sort of had to even figure it out myself, and I thought, well, if I'm having to figure it out, Uh, I'm on the show. (laughs) I've seen a few of your music videos, and I will say that um, I I would be remiss to not call you a director, but I would love to know more about what exactly the projects you are working on in terms of the music videos. You've worked with Hooray for the Riff Raff. You've worked with this group now, Gland is the name of it? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're local. Well, I realized the theme. I didn't realize. I, I'm It's very conscious of it, but I really like working with women. Um, and I was even, I had this sort of dream yesterday. I was taking a shower, and I sometimes do my best thinking when I'm in there, but I was thinking how fun it would be and or just how interesting it would be to in the future work with female musicians, but also have an all-female crew. Yesterday I had a tech scout for a video I'm directing tomorrow, and I'm standing in a room, and I realize I'm surrounded by all men, and I was like, this is, you know, luckily I've found a group of guys that are really great to work with, and I feel like they really respect me, and they give me a real space to exist, which is very unique. Should hook you up with uh, my but, uh, uh, my cousin is in a an all girl uh, punk band right now. I think actually. Yeah, I mean that was I, I the last video I directed was for an all girl punk band, but I want to even take it a step further and kind of explore what it would be like to sit in a room with women and or at least just have the main part of the crew be female. I just think that would be really really interesting and. Um, I don't know. It's, I like working with women. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and say it. So It's fair uh, enough. I'm sure there are a lot of guys who, who, would, who would never go out of their way to say that they like working with men because it's such a normalized thing in the society. Exactly. You know, so. And, it was so, and that's why, given the amount of time and budget and the amount of people that I know in town right now who are doing this sort of thing who can kind of work on more of a budget, there are more men available, so... It would have taken a little bit of extra work for me, and, I, and maybe in the future I'll have that time and space to actually 
handpick a cruise that might be more female-based. I'm looking forward to that in the future. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Six years you've been living in New Orleans now for. When you arrived, you were hoping to get involved in creative arts, and did you ever think that you would be getting involved in, in the capacity that you are now? I definitely think that living in New Orleans has given me more space and freedom to kind of pursue and not feel kind of like uh, I needed to sort of like ascribe to any particular path. I feel like it, like living in New York, it's very competitive. There's a lot of people that are doing things that I think that the way they, they think they should be done. I just think it's harder to work there because it's more expensive to live, so you have to work more, so you have less time to do your own personal projects while in New Orleans. I have a lot of extra time because it's not as expensive to live here. So, I, you know, I work as much as I need to, and then I have a lot of extra time to pursue my personal projects. And despite being able to do that and also having this literally the physical space to, you know, find abandoned buildings and, and you know, you actually have, like, more space to work in and sort of explore I feel like living in New York, everything has to be a little bit more scheduled, more planned, more thought out, because you're dealing with a lot more dense population, probably more scrutiny from authorities, from, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So bringing it back to that calendar, I did all sorts of really crazy stuff on that shoot where I was asking people to literally show up in abandoned buildings and, and risk potential incarceration for me, and, yeah. and everyone did it <laughs> with no with no question. Um, it's always fun when you get to ask people to break the law for you. <laughs> it's, it's when it's shown they yeah, really I mean, care. And for, <laughs> and for me, a lot of my process is just kind of like following my instincts and sort of like kind of going where I want to go. So even just in the process of this music video that I'm working on tomorrow, there's a lot more like officialness to this. And so I kind of had to follow the rules a little bit more where, uh, you know, even though we're still in this empty warehouse, I can't be as daring with my plans. I kind of have to follow the rules a little bit more. No, I know so. what you mean. I um, I, I went to film school and I was shooting one night in this very like mafia neighborhood in Boston, and uh, this guy came out of the building and started choking one of my crew members. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> wow. And I basically had to stop my crew members from assaulting the guy because we had like a twenty-five yeah. man crew, and this guy just started grabbing wow. somebody. You know, in the same way that you felt as though you wanted to pick you know like-minded individuals to work with. You know, you said you know it'd be a really cool thing to be working with more women. I have a similar sort of deal, but since I grew up in Brooklyn, I'm like, yeah, I want all the big, toughest guys. I want the guy over here holding the stick. You know, I want him to look more dangerous as possible. So my guys were all, like, huge, tough guys that were on my crew. And I remember that when the guy came out, my thought immediately was to protect this guy, not to protect my crew, because I was... Oh, you were, you were, they were prepared. <laughs> I knew they were, they were fine, and they would take care of themselves. I heard from someone in the back of my crew immediately yell, I'm going to murder him! <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is yeah. bad. I immediately looked, looked over. I had a guy that had a van. And I go, get the van, pull around in front really fast, and just start honking the horn. And everyone's going to jump in the van and run away. <laughs> Has anything like that ever happened with you? Have you been pretty good at skirting around any issues with the law? Um, I was arrested once. What? Did I know um, that? I don't know if I knew that or not. But I was arrested? Maybe. Maybe mom told me. I don't oh. know. <laughs> It was, uh, we were Stories shooting for a friend, a friend's, um, 
fashion line. We okay. were sort of, and we had become knowledgeable of this space that was right along the canal that had this like electrical tower, but it was abandoned property, but it was apparently federally owned now that I found out. But uh, yeah, we were shooting on it and about half hour into our shoot, the harbor police showed up and didn't care for our story, didn't care that we were just artists and that we would have just moved on if we needed to. Oh, and yeah. basically we claimed that we didn't know and and it was it, they said no one had rented the property in 11 years so in, in our opinion we were like yeah you know but you know I take risks like that all the time and so that was unfortunately one uh more unfortunate honestly for the the model who was a male bodied by the uh in the eyes of the law uh, model and so but had been wearing jewels all over his face and was dressed in like a like a mesh thing with like just was clearly not prepared to be thrown into a, a cell with like 50 other very macho <laughs> ah, I see, I see, um, I see. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and he was alone the designer was another female so we were together and we had each other but uh, he was he was kind of thrown to the the wolves. Oh the gosh! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I felt pretty bad for him. Yeah, but that's the but, thing uh, with the, we all we all made it out. That's the thing with the federal government. We had this. I had the same thing. We actually were shooting in upstate New York. I want to say, uh, I can't remember the name of the town now. But my friend knew the guy. You know, he was from the town, and he had all this permission. And we wandered onto this land that was like this dam. We're like, oh, it's really cool to shoot over here. And we didn't know that that was like federal property. And like all of a sudden, you know, like the choppers come out. You're like, what, what happened? Oh, like, no. where, did, where did we, what, what did we stumble into? But that's just, uh, you just got to roll they with was, the punches. They were trying to tell us that it was a, it could have been a felony. We were taking photos next to a body of water. And that apparently is a federal offense because we could be like, I don't know, documenting ways in which to infiltrate a city. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they were, it's so they bizarre. Like to talk a lot of smack. And I'm clearly, we're like not, not trying to, you know, cause any trouble. So it was kind of interesting how aggressively they were threatening us when we were like clearly not there to put up a fight. Well, you know, they're not trained to know what foreign operatives will look like, but I'm typically a foreign asset is not going to be bejeweled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's an you easy know. that's an easy thing to see from far off. <laughs> yeah, well, people thought they were um, dermals. Like in, oh, I think yeah, yeah. a lot of the people in the jail cell were kind of thought he was a little hard because they thought they were he had like fifty piercings on his face or something. Well, they, yeah, if you have that, that many, well, you that many, der- you that many dermals, yeah, you're looking like you're, yeah. you're, you're in Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> looking like Worf. Exactly. People not gonna mess with you. Yeah. You would, you wouldn't profile <laughs> Worf. Come on, really? Just because he's a Klingon? Uh, would I profile him because he's a Klingon? It depends on what my role was in space. Yeah, you can't be just profiling people based on oh. galaxy they're from. If you're, if you're Sorry. from, I mean, if we're gonna get <laughs> into it, cool. if we're gonna get into it. Star Trek in the future is the only place where there's truly equality, right? That's the hope in the Federation, right? <laughs> like they really have racial and gender equality. That was the whole. That true. Was the, that's the whole joke is that they have it in sci-fi, but we don't have it in real life. <laughs> that's the real science fiction. It's not the aliens. Sarah, you're always busy doing something. You're a freaking welder. You have a studio. Your middle name is DIY, in my opinion. What do you do to wind down? <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself a welder. I have welded. <laughs> well, that's also one of the beautiful things about down here is that I have access to spaces that allow me to explore all uh, 
opportunities. And even if I, it's not something I plan on doing uh, all the time, I can still play in many different ways. And, and having more tools in my belt really allows me to explore options that might not be as in some people's mind as available to them because it seems very distant. You've become very, so, you know, I can, I can build up something if I need to, I can, yeah. or, or I can, or I have a lot of people around me that can do that. And that's, it's very helpful. It makes me want to work more with friends and I don't have to hire people. I don't know as often because I have a lot of capable people in my life. Um, but what was your question? Oh, how do I wind down? What does yeah. that mean? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, what do you do on your off like time? Like, with a glass of wine? Do you, you, <laughs> hang, out with, you, 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 you hang out with the cat? You'll go to see some shows. I so do hang know out the, with the cat? You have a you have a cat. I go right now. I go on oh, I go yeah. online and like on like a, a cat ne- networking you... site. I I meet a cat. We get together. We hang. I meet out. other cats. Local cats. Yeah. I feel like you get out of New Orleans quite often, though. You you seem to be industrious with your travel plans, going on camping trips quite often. Yes. Oh, I'm mostly a homebody, so I don't really consider myself much of a traveler. But uh, and, yeah, uh, I do. Wait, I do you, like to wait, go out on, to but, nature. It's very inspiring and informing for my work and for my mental health. So yeah. uh, when I feel like I'm losing control, I uh, I go back to the, the ultimate home of uh, or land of, of no control, which is nature. I'm very impressed. Inform me. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, me you, but you grew up around that. You grew up, we grew up around nature all the time. So it's sure. Very... I definitely took it for granted. I'm sure. I'm just blown away that you said that you're more of a homebody. You're not much of a traveler because you're. This is Jimmy. This is the lady who here who I can say has been to three times more places than I'll ever get a chance to go to in my lifetime. Probably, but like consolidated into six months, like seven years ago. So true. No, I understand. Oh. Like I, the same way, I, I, t- I tell people that I, you know, I was like, hey, I went to Tokyo. They're like, Whoa, where else have you been? And you're like. Yeah, That's like it, the, la- the last time I left the country was ten years ago. Like that was, yeah. we, it was, it was, it was a magical <laughs> time in my life. I've had, so. we've when, had when so I many. A, when I did a confidence boost, exactly. Ron, we've had so I, many I guests. Him, um, so many guests come I on the show. Him, like, I tell him I got out of bed that day, and he he uh, lays out a red carpet for me and sends me congratulatory cards. So him and my mom, we've had, who we've had, will be the biggest fan of this program, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But we've had multiple guests that come on, and will say to Alan, "I'm not as great as you just made me out to be." Because I'll do the intro yeah. for them, and they're just like, "No, no, no! You should have just said my name." <laughs>
clips. We have all these clips that yeah, we have. I was have. wondering about the clips. We Well, we yeah. have a handful of clips. I definitely remember hearing her as a little girl in the background of a lot of clips before. Yes, yes. This so, is true. Yeah. I, I don't know you, but I know you as a small child. <laughs> so the Danziger Zone was Alon Danziger's thing. But because I had a kid sister who, four years my junior, was around me all the time and Quite frankly, still to this day, I would argue to be my best friend. She would always be there around me when I was recording. It kind of seems like in some of those recordings that it was my show and you were more like an assistant. Oh, well, that's the whole point. Is is that in the most clear way to put it, the Danziger Zone was me. But if I had to include other people, you gave them the recorder. You gave them a chance to shine. So you took advantage of that. (laughs) You definitely took advantage of that occasion and you rose to it, and you would have all these programs. So there was Sarah the Phantasmagorical. There was Singing Sarah, where you, which is basically every clip of yours, where you would just I mean, sing. I still do that. I was listening with my friend, and he was like, you still sound exactly like that. I, was, I think I already knew the words to the song. I was singing it in that clip. What? Okay. I was like, I know this jam. I All think right. I still sing this jam. <laughs> okay, well then we're going to listen to it then, because I was originally going to end the uh, end it later, but I think it's really quite a good way to start, is listening to you singing your opus. Now it's time for Singing Sarah. You alright? Yeah. Go ahead, sing. I get a you. <laughs> Let's go out of here. I'll kick you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's kick you. Yeah. Let's kick it. You. Yeah. Let's gonna kick you. Yeah. Let's gonna kick your butt. And we're gonna get out of here. So let's rock and roll. Gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. We're gonna get out of here. We're just gonna leave, leave. We're just gonna leave. Why can we all go together? And I will kick your butt. And I will kick you. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna rock this town around. We're gonna kick your butt today. We're gonna kick you. You're gonna kick me. Woo, woo, woo. We're gonna rock this town. Oh, yeah. We're gonna kick your butt this way. It's gonna go this way. And we're gonna do kick it. Do, we're gonna kick it. We're gonna kick you, we're gonna kick you, and you're gonna get out. This is kicking, girl, that you're gonna do with it. This is woo, woo, woo. But one more time, now wait. Kick you, bye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We gotta kick your butt out of here. Go with the tide, I'll kick you there. But when you go out, out, out. Singing Sarah. It's just so funny. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I caught some lyrics in there. We're going to get out of here was heard a lot there. We're going to kick your butt 
as well, and then we're gonna rock this town. Um, yeah. And then, but we're gonna do it all together. <laughs> I said that. Oh, that's cute. Yes. Yeah, that's me. And the last time you were on the show, we were having a conversation about how it almost sounded eerily kind of like anime-ish. Like that, that like the the songs that you were singing were kind of like you were watching TV and something from the television, be it MTV or like a Saturday morning cartoon, and you just sort of interpolated something that you had yeah, I'm sure. that influenced that had influenced you to make what, sure. these songs. I didn't really have much of a melody. I just kind of was like had little spurts of yeah, what sounded like an advertisement or something. I mean, it's very uplifting. It's like it's very like. There are these, I think, I don't know if you ever remember this, but in school, in our school, and maybe they did it with your class, but they did it with ours, they would have us sing these motivational songs like, think for yourself, for yourself, do, 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 like, like trying to, like, you know, not give in to peer pressure kind of thing. So that kind of reminded me of something that, uh, along the lines of that, in that what you're singing is basically a motivational song, like, don't worry. We're going to get through, through this together. We're going to get out of here, and we're going to kick your butt. And if you try and arrest us, we'll be like, nope, we got the permits. <laughs> nope. No, nothing. <laughs> Ridiculous. Crazy. <Yes>. Ridiculous. <laughs> I was a very, like, would it be introverted, extrovert? You were extroverted. Like, you were extroverted. Like, but, it, but I did it in a, in a very private way. Yes. Like, for who I decided I was going to be insane in front of, that's why, that's where I let loose, but... Um, if you didn't know me, you'd think I was shy, but I was actually very much not shy when it came to being in a comfortable space with people I was comfortable with. It just took a matter of time, and then I let, I let go of that, and now I'm just insane for everyone. Was there a moment in time where what you had spoken about was lifted, and you became more easygoing with performing in front of people without feeling like you had to be introverted, as you said? I think just with time growing up. Sure. Natural progression. But you were also... I think, yeah. I think when you're forced to go out on your own, you start to shed a lot of the veils that you've put on, the comforts of home where you get to like hide behind that facade of your parents and living with them. I think when you have to go out into the real world, some people never do. I, that was just the time that I finally clearly felt free to express myself the way that I had done in private before. Inherently, when you have certain structures... Um, because of your age or wherever you're at maturity-wise, those rules sort of instill something in you that you might not even realize, which for me, I think, was just maybe being a little more, like, closed off. So when I was encouraged to really just kind of do what I wanted to do and I I could make decisions for myself more, I think uh, that allowed me to increase the amount of confidence I had as well. Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Speaking about the parent tip, this is us in the car. I just found this a little amusing. It tastes like chicken! I feel like chicken tonight! Chicken tonight! Chicken tonight! Chicken, 
So, as you were saying before, you being able to be sort of introverted in one capacity, but then, you know, going off the rails and just being completely silly and zany because who's going to hear this and you can just do what you want to do. And then the funny part about that clip is I'm telling, I'm basically telling dad to fuck off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be any quieter and I'm also going to mock you on this thing, which is funny because. Uh, as we speak, he's bothering me about something, and I'm basically telling him to screw off. Yeah, well, that was one of those. <laughs> that was one of those clips. I have to say, and it, it only so happens clearly, every so often. It haven't changed. <laughs> it only happens every so often, but that was definitely one of those clips where I heard it and I thought to myself, "Man, I don't really know if I want to have children now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like just in the back, just and then they're just, just they're just so annoying. Yeah, and then you crazy. finally tell them to quiet yeah. down. All they do is mock. <laughs> <laughs> Even at like eight years old, it was. I mean, it was you. It was pretty cutting. I, I feel like if I was in the front seat, I would have felt bad. Yeah, I, I have a quality of being quite cutting. I've been told I can be really, really nasty. I was just thinking for for how Avon is like a ball of sunshine. And no offense, but you, you just call me Avon. <laughs> I said Alan. You call me Avion? Avion Glover? <laughs> Elian Gonzalez? But, like, I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen a lot. Like, even when he's angry, he's just apologizing for being angry. <laughs> he just, he's, he's just so... It's not he, he what I intended. He doesn't, he doesn't want it to, like, rub off on anybody else. So yeah. all he's doing is just, like, yeah. just being like, ah, and, like, frustrated. Yeah, but I've been a, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit moodier, that's for sure. And that's why, I, there, at times, if you listen to another recording, you'll find that I'm telling my four-year-old or brother who's actual device this is that he is my assistant yeah and (laughs) i will be running the show let's take a listen to that right now actually this is really quite telling and i i picked it because it felt like a a good example of that because it happens all the time in these clips when especially when it comes to this segment which is called adventures of a sister no respect at all Hmm. (laughs) no respect it's time for adventures of a sister hey this is sarah I'm in the mall right now. I'm looking at, ooh, look at that. Hi. Okay, um, okay. I would like a velvet dress that's, uh, what color should it be? Okay, black. 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 Yes, thank you. Okay, let's walk. Which door should we go to next? Let's go to... I have no idea. Where should we go? Let's go to... Yeah, that would be awesome. And I can get the Pocahontas, like, really cool. Not. And here's my stupid assistant, Iwan. Okay? Maybe we should go to the... Maybe we should go to the arcade. How about that? Cool, let's go. Do you have quarters? Oh, um, they don't do quarters anymore. They have nickels. Here's some nickels. Thanks. Uh, hold on, can you hold on one second? 
Okay, about time. Okay, what do you want to do next? No, go to the arcade, man. Go to the arcade. Okay, I heard you. Okay, we're going. Okay, and going and going. Oh, look at that dress and that shirt. Oh, my God. Look at those clothes. Look at those. Look at that jewelry. Oh, look at that food store. Oh, my God, we got to go there. Oh, here comes the arcade. Okay, uh, what do you want to play? Fiston. You know, you can play whatever you want, though. Duh, I don't want to. All right, go to where you want. I'll play, like, Street Fighter. <laughs> Very interesting. Okay, now it's time for for Did you go to the mall to do anything other than just shop back in the day? As opposed to now, because why would you go? Uh, I think we went to play arcade stuff and go to the movies. Yeah. And uh, when I got a little older, look at uh, cuties. Uh-huh. <laughs> just go scope and scope and scope year of that when we were like 13, 14, where we just go stare at people that we thought were cute <laughs> while they worked. Like stalk them. Too funny. Um, I still do that now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but probably from the comforts of your own home because now we have the internet. Well, I, I mean, I, it's funny because you don't even have to leave your room to spy on everyone you know. I, I made the joke before to someone, um, you know, because there's this thing, and you, you, I don't know when was the last time that you came up to visit in the city, but they got these signs that hang in the subway now about subway etiquette, and there was something that they didn't bring up with the subway etiquette signs to talk about how you shouldn't be breakdancing in the train and you shouldn't be manspreading sure, and stuff exactly. like that. Right? Don't clip your nails. <laughs> you know. Manspreading. Yeah. Manspreading, yeah. Could we extend that to everywhere all the time? <laughs> it's true. It I is, mean, yeah. When you're, when you're, you know, when like, you're just Both physically and, um, and metaphorically. <laughs> The joke that I made is I said I asked and I was I used to stand up I was I was at a bar and I, was, I said I was at any woman there have you ever been like standing on a subway platform and like a guy's been walking on the platform like he's going to the other side and they just stopped next to you when he was walking down like as if you oh that was where he's supposed to be and then they're like yeah I, that has happened I go yeah he he was just walking down to the other side but then he saw you and he decided against it and he just decided to stand next to you instead and he's not going to say anything he's just going to look at you but like only a couple of times. And that's – it's like it's going to make his trip home slightly better. And it's the same idea of, I guess, when you're in high school and you're like, you got to go on the cutie watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe if I stare at this person through the window for, like, two hours every weekend, they'll, like, notice me and think I'm cute. But clearly I was on Did the that ever track. happen? No, Did because not. so few people have, like, the, um, the sixth sense that when, when someone is looking at them, like, you have to learn it. I feel like I, I had to figure that out because when women look at guys, they don't look the same way. People don't look at everyone always the same way, you know? So I feel like there was times when people do that look out of the corner of your ideal, you know what I'm talking about? Where I'm looking at you, but I'm not looking at you. women don't look? I don't, how do you know the way women look at men? How do I know the way women look at men? They don't because they don't. They don't because the men that look at women in the city are gross. Yeah, so they men will, have men will to leer. divert their yeah, Men will attention. leer. Men will make their look obvious. 
and they'll do it yeah. like to attract attention to the fact that they're looking. But a woman doesn't necessarily want you usually to know that she's looking right always. Or if she does, it'll be a flirtatious kind of thing. So it'll be. It doesn't happen fleeting. as often as you would think, though. Yes, I, I mean, would, it, I would extend that to all people. Yeah, well, no, I, I think so. I think so too. It depends. You know, it's think, it, it depends on your confidence level and you know different things. That, you know how much you feel like your uh, your self esteem. Similarly, you know. Stuff like that. It would be very difficult for me to get away with looking at cute girls at the mall because chances are they wouldn't know who I was. They'd just think I'm some weird pipsqueak from Woodstock. Chances are I'm not there by myself, and you, I guess, got that opportunity to do so. But it'd be kind of weird if, like, you and I were both looking for respective, you know, people that we were attracted to at the same, like, place. I would be like, nah, I got to do it. Somewhere else, because Sarah's going to be at the mall. So, like, I can't be seen at the same place as my sister. That'd be weird. Except that I would... The mall wasn't really, like... The week I went to the mall, but the mall was, like... It's in such a different part of town, and we didn't drive. Exactly. I would drive. I hung out out in town. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, um, the mall hanging out. Living in the city, I never knew that. We hung out, like, on the street corner. We hung out in somebody's smoky basement. Yeah, street corners are great. <laughs> you know. The mall required like money and a ride, yeah. and if you had no money, it was hard to explain to your parents why you needed to go to the mall. Which you know, going to stare at people is not like a great excuse. Yeah, so. see, in New York, that, that was anyway. that was a great that was a great childhood freedom. Is you know, you didn't you didn't so much have to get permission from your parents to go out and do stuff because there was mass transit, so you could just go. And once you realized that they didn't really have power over you, you could just leave. <laughs> Well, that's where I came in, because once I got my license, Sarah was all up on me, like, you need to give me and my friends a ride, please, I need to go, and I need to get here, mom and dad aren't around, please, could you drive, please, could you drive, oh, please, oh, please, yeah, oh, luckily, please. Luckily, I had a chauffeur, and, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't get you to buy cigarettes, so that was the thing I remember. Nope. You were like, I will not buy you cigarettes. Nope. Yeah. I remember one time making fun of you, because you were like, I will not buy cigarettes. I wouldn't. And I, 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 I know. I, no, you were great. It was I, great. And I appreciate it. I, now I appreciated it. But at the time, I was. Well, I knew I was like, you were. As my personal chauffeur yeah. and purchaser of things that I cannot buy, you were failing me miserably. <laughs> I, I must admit that in the, the moment, I could hear myself in the future being like, you did good, Alon. You did good. You did good by not keeling over to your kid sister's requests for cancer sticks. I feel like if I had, and I never had any siblings, but if I had a younger sibling that was like, hey, can you go buy me some cigarettes? I'd be like, no, go play with this knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think for Elon's sake it was because he cared about my health, although I'm sure he did. I think it was more that I was pressuring him to do things that he wasn't comfortable doing because he was a good boy, you know? He was not a rebel without a cause. He was a good boy, and Aww. I was um, I was testing his limits, as I probably continue to do in my relationship. So you're saying, <laughs> are you saying that like when it came to Rugrats, he was Tommy? Um, I don't really remember that show, but don't worry. Uh, what? Yeah, he, he like, isn't she like, like, isn't she like right around the... my age? Aren't, aren't, aren't huh? like me and Sarah are like around the same age? Well, you don't know, know Rugrats. Yeah, I'm almost 30. No, I, I watch the Rugrats. I know exactly what we're talking about. I just can't. I don't have a memory for stuff like that. Like, it's you all know, good. Maybe do. It's all good. <laughs> Let's take a listen to you granting Chelsea Rich a few wishes. Oh, yeah. She's so cute in this clip. Her her voice is so cute. 
Mine gonna... just sounds still like it does today, but hers is like. <laughs> 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 Let's do this. It's time for Razzle Sarah. Today, for Razzle Sarah, we'll have a live wish. So, uh, Sarah will grant a wish for Chelsea. Sarah, will you grant me one wish? Yeah, sure. What? Can I have as many wishes as I want? Sure. Go to sleep. Hold on, I gotta go to the bank. No, I gotta go. I gotta go to the magic store. I gotta go get some wishes. Okay, be right back. Come back here. Okay, okay. Ring, ring, ring. Wish. so well until the horse. interesting thing about these clips to me is the idea that I don't know I think a lot of people have this question of if they don't have the greatest memory like me is have I always been like this how much have, <laughs> has the world and the moral standards of the world and just the you know how to be and act and exist like how much of that has shaped me and changed me now with who I am now and I'm literally still that same person. Everything I'm saying and the way in which I kind of talk before I even know what I'm going to say is very like me now. I also find it really interesting because so much of what we present to the world now is so, like, curated and, you know, like, I basically grew up, like, not during this time because we didn't have computers, but 
from like 16 on, I've been able to curate my what, how I'm heard and seen in the world. And what's so interesting about these is just I think it's like something that maybe only comes from being a kid as well, where you just have no filter. You just exist and you're going to be who you are, however you are. I don't know, these are just so, like, unfiltered and, and raw. Even pictures I put online, being a kid, you know, I, I've chosen those images, and they're only just this little snippet. For what it may be worth. And how many people get to have that? Yeah, like, exactly. How many people get to be like, was I like that as a kid? I don't I don't know. That's the you thing. Know, is... I, I think a lot of people have the privilege of, like, home videos, but, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have that. Everything that you're saying. They certainly just... don't have personal programs dedicated yeah. to them. No, that's the thing. <laughs> is that every Everything that you're saying is really just, I, I would argue that it falls into the category of privilege. And I, I admit that I have the privilege, um, for many reasons more than Very not, privileged. to be with all this technology of which is alien to even people who are audiophiles now and they're like what tapes yeah i mean now it's not probably the case i see 100 year old men driving cars with a iphone on their dash you know it's like everyone has something in their pocket now that can record and it wasn't really the case when we were kids yeah, my mother yeah, told me she has. Don't have those memories. She has like four photographs of herself from before the age of eighteen or something, and that's it. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, and even with our mother, like we have some photos of her, and we lost a lot of them when they had a fire. That's very limited. So even Alana and I, even in the days where you know not everyone carried a cell phone in their pocket, we still have a lot of documentation. And it's it's wonderful to be able to. How does it change our lives? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's it, informing. It, it's informing. exactly. There, there's a, a really a nice gesture knowing that we both had such a decent upbringing with all the different privileges that we did have that we were able to let out some of the childlike imaginations on tape and the fact that we had no idea what we would be doing in our future self lives with this archive. The fact that we can but go think, on a radio and talk about it, I would never have thought I'd be doing 20 years ago. It's impossible for me yeah. to think that. Well, that's, that's another interesting point is that, you know, is it for the better or for worse? You know, is it, does it help to be able to go through your entire life and see what you were like? And for us, when we were doing that, even though we had this privilege of recording ourselves, you know, it was very private stuff. So I wonder what it's going to be like for the generations that grew up knowing they were being recorded, knowing it was being seen, knowing it was being analyzed, and, you know, is that helpful to them to be so self-aware, or is it harmful? And I want to say it's more harmful. So while we have all this documentation now, and we can look back at it and be like, ha, 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 look at me, like, listen to me, going to be shared, it was going to have likes, it was going to have comments, it was like, that, that just, to me, seems too much. I don't think if I even described what a like or a thumbs up to myself in a social media context is now like if I went back like twenty years ago and said it to myself as a kid, if I knew what I, what I would be talking about, you yeah, know? I mean, I I see kids that are twelve that are posing the same way that you see all through the media that you know older women are doing and like whatever in music videos and you know I see all these little girls giving the peace sign and it's just like not just self aware but very popular culture aware. You know, it's one thing to be at home and pose in your mirror and that be for yourself. And, and I'm sure I did that, but 
to be like replicating these images that you see. It's like a socialized, yeah, it's like a socialized way to pose. Yeah. Well, I, I really it's, noticed it's that like in Japan. Existing for the sake of being seen yeah. and like analyzed, which I don't think we had that pressure as kids. And I don't think it's good for people. I don't think it's good to be that on display. Well, maybe it'll make and, people and comb no, their hair a little more. <laughs> you know, because some, some people don't don't bathe, and maybe like you know, because if we can get like the smell of vision on on our phones the same way, maybe people will bathe. You know, it's, it could be one step at a time. <laughs> Presenting yourself with the idea of being consumed, and I don't know, it's it's a it's a. Well, yeah, not everyone wants to come it's out of themselves. Is, is, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to experience. I mean, maybe it's just it's common now, so people don't even think of it in any other way, but. The amount of social pressure I already felt just growing up, like to have added an internet element to that. I can only imagine. With that. I, I think the whole tag of being a millennial comes with a price because there definitely are tiers of which we can apply ourselves to. You and I, being born in the 80s, we are at an advantage. Yeah, I mean, essentially you're born with your own avatar these days, you know? You're born and you're instantly digitized, and there's now like equally elaborate digital version of yourself that's out there from the moment you're born. Yeah. I like digital me more than real me. (laughs) Digital me is a total knob. Nah, digital me is... It's like it's... He's pretty cool. It's the curated version of yourself. It's the two-dimensional curated version of yourself. It's better than... It's better than... No one wants wants to see the real me (laughs) because I don't... No, no, no. I I gotta comb my hair. Your digital self is more or less uh, a pretty good promoter. I mean, it seems as if you use social media to a degree of which is only really necessary to show people not only what you're up to, but to raise awareness about the goings-on that need to be found out, you know, whether they're political. um, You know, social activism is something that is very important to you, and it is going to be continuously, I imagine, so especially over the next few years. But your work is also something that people need to see. And I'm just very privileged to be, even though I'm your brother, I'm just still very privileged to know you as an artist and to be able to see the kind of work that you do and that you can um, bring it out there to people. I'm surprised that not enough people get a chance to see it. But, you know, you do put yourself out there. And, Thank you, Alan. That's very sweet. Well, you know, you, you, you do good work. You, you put in a lot of work. You're, you, like I said, uh, you freaking build a house. Yeah, the internet scares me, so I, I participate in it as much as I can stand. And the rest of it, uh, I, I, sort of, I, I sort of try to stay away from. But it's really hard not to because so many people, like, their way to relate to the world is through the internet. I find that if I'm not on it, I'm sort of disconnected from people in a certain way. For sure. And luckily in New Orleans, it seems that the community here really likes to show up in person as well. So, But I, I notice that if I'm not on the internet, there's a whole other world that I'm missing from literally my friends and neighbors that I... I just don't get in, in real life. You know, someone will be grieving and going through something and, and clearly, like, mind-occupied by the atrocities of the world, and then I see them out and I say, hey, how's it going? And, and if I haven't seen that online, you know, I say, hey, what's up? They say, yeah, you know, good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We talk some shit. Later on, I go on the Internet, and I'm like, holy shit, there's this whole... I mean, and, of course, everyone's living very dynamic, equally as interesting and intricate lives as me and everyone I know, but... 
there's this weird disconnect that I now feel, which I used to feel when I went, did the internet too much, I felt the disconnect from reality. So now that I do reality more, I sometimes feel a disconnect from the bigger world than is my immediate surroundings. So, you know, you're limiting yourself by not being a part of that world, unfortunately. And that's what I think about kids these days is to keep them isolated from this internet world would be doing them a great disservice. They would be very behind um, from their peers. And so yeah. even if you want to raise your kids without that sort of media, unfortunately, they, they will be very behind. It'll be very difficult to get a job. It'll be very difficult to relate to the world. It'll be very difficult to know what's going on because everyone else does. So, Where could people learn more about your work and what you have to offer. I mean, you make statements in your art, and so it's important that people see it. You have a website, which is pretty self-explanatory, but is that where your new work, your music video, for example, will be up? Yeah, it'll be up there eventually. It's coming out in January, this new one I'm working on, so I haven't even shot it yet, so I can't really tell you much about it. That's cool. <laughs> Hopefully it goes well. No worries. Um, but yeah, you can check back on my website, and uh, I should have it there in January. SarahDanziger.com mm-hmm. with yep. two R's and an H. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to um, take your words out of your mouth, but I think what oh, we, we 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 both we both do this to each other, even uh, you know all these years later. You are awesome. You are very much uh, one of the the coolest people I know, um, other than Jimmy. I would say uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm surrounded by cool people, but um, you are you're you're the you're the OG girl. You're the OG cool cool. <laughs> um, love you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming thank on the show. You. We really appreciate thank- it. Thanks for uh, thinking I'm interesting enough to talk to me. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Sarah Danziger on Lost and Rewound. It's the beauty of being the sister of the the main, uh-huh. the main guy. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be uh, back. We'll be back in a little bit to wrap up. Uh, but uh, any, any sorry, any quick plugs before you go? Anything else you wanted to say, or are we good? No, that's it. I love you. I love mom. I love dad. Yay! Uh, very lucky. To I love you all. This family. Yes. And uh, I attribute all of my ability to speak up for myself and not worry about being too loud from the encouragement from our parents. Around here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Did you feel a little uh, alienated? I didn't want you to feel alienated, dude. Um, I, I sort of felt like I was at your house and it was Christmas and yeah. I didn't have a gift. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> our, our next episode hopefully will be a little less uh, exclusionary. But we, we, we did the best we could. You're, you're close in age to Sarah, so you have that going on for you in terms this of the mental true. relatability and age. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah i don't know either i no, haven't met okay. her i haven't met her in person so it's always a thing one you know? day one day again if you would like to contribute any words of wisdom and uh, audio of awesomeness to our show lost and rewound at gmail.com we are all over the place and twitter facebook and tumblr and we will see you next week Tune in right here every Thursday, 3 p.m. Right here on Radio Free Brooklyn, this is Lost and Rewound.
lunch break right now. And let's see if she wants to tell us a little bit about what she does. Here she is. Sarah, tell us what you do for a living. Let me tell you something. We're all good. For Jessica, we walk out a lot, okay? That's Sarah eating and talking at the same time. 